0: Welcome to Inside Independent Publishing with IBPA. I'm your host, Christopher Locke. I'm also the IBP Director of Membership and Member Services. Okay, so independent publishers and author publishers are always seeking effective ways to promote their books. And one great way to do that is through Library Reads. The Executive Director, Rebecca Vinuk, joins the podcast today and explains how Library Reads creates a widely read list of must-read new books based on library staff recommendations and how indie publishers can get their books on that list. Rebecca is also going to talk to us about, well, she used to be a librarian, so we'll share tips uh, how publishers can get libraries to carry their books. Welcome, Rebecca. How are you?
1: Great, Christopher. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. All right. So first, can you explain to everyone what is Library Reads?
1: Yes. So Library Reads is a registered 501c6 not-for-profit organization. Um, Technically, that falls under like chamber of commerce type business nonprofit. So we are not a charity. We don't take any money from our users. We are funded via publishers. And what we do is we create a top 10 list every month of pre-pub books that library staff across the nation are reading and want to recommend to their patrons. So the way that it works is we work with Edelweiss and NetGalley, the two big digital download services. Um, They've been very generous to offer their data for free to us. So when someone who works in a library is registered with them, their profile shows that they work at a public library, they automatically get a vote button for every book that they download and are reading. So then they, they do those votes. NetGalley and Edelweiss give us the data at the beginning of every month, and then we collate that and count up what's the top vote getter. So people are always kind of like is this like an awards list? Is it a popularity contest? Is there a jury that's picking these books? And it's not. It is strictly by votes. We get I'd say approximately 2000 votes every month. It you know, it, it comes and goes depending on, you know, July for example, huge publishing month, December not so much. So it varies, but we we count all of those votes. And then the top 10 become our top 10 list. So every month on the 15th, we publish that on our website. We put it out on our social media. And the top pick is the one that gets the most votes. Then there's nine others. And then we also have what we call the Hall of Fame. And that is because... So we have been around for 10 years. This is actually our 10th anniversary. We started as a group of volunteer library folks who wanted to know... Where's the bestseller list based on what library folks are reading, right? Not just what people are buying and people are pushing. So we created this. Um, and then the list comes out, like I said, every month on the 15th, and we also have the Hall of Fame, which accompanies the list. Basically, we we're hearing from our users that, you know, the big guys don't need our help. Stephen King doesn't need to appear on our list. Daniel Steele doesn't need to appear on our list. Colleen Hoover doesn't need to appear on our list. What do we do with these folks that are already popular, but people are still reading and recommending? So in 2018, we decided any author who had already had a title appear three times on our list was going to move into our Hall of Fame. Mm. So it is a separate list. The book still gets publicity. It's We still push that. We still celebrate that. But it opened up the regular top 10 for more a variety of publishers, for debut authors, et cetera, And it's worked really well for us. So every month, we have a minimum of 10 books that we promote. Oftentimes, it goes close up to 20 when we have that many Hall of Fame as well.
0: Uh, sure. No, I like that. I like that you all split it up like that. Because it, it's true, once you hit that top level you just keep getting more and more publicity and it's great if right. they're writing if they're writing and uh, you know amazing books um then they should get recognition but uh it's hard then for other people to break through to that so i love that you all split it up like that
1: Yes, absolutely. We figured we certainly want to celebrate those books because they're also good and they're also what people are recommending. But right, they they're automatically being purchased by most libraries. Nobody's looking at that list to say, "Oh, I, what do I need to buy this month?" Oh, I hadn't heard of the new Colleen Hoover yet. Like they all heard of it six months ago, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's really nice. And one of the things I should point out is our list appears all over the web and publishers promote it. We also. Have it sent to um, the two, well, three actually major book wholesalers. It goes to Ingram and to Midwest Tape and to Baker and Taylor, where they create uh, catalog records for that. So they they create baskets basically that a library can go in and just say, "Yes, I want to buy all twenty books that appeared on the Library Reads list this month." Boom, they're done. So it's another again. Nobody needs to be. Putting up the next, the next James Patterson, they want to know more of you know some of the smaller books or the newer books. Yeah,
0: okay. Well, I have a, a bunch of questions to dig into a lot of the stuff you talked about. Great. So one thing I wanted to ask about is in terms of are these only new books? So for example, if someone has backlist titles, it's only new books coming out, right?
1: Correct. All of the books are prepub. Um, we find that most people start reading anywhere from three to six months ahead of time, depending Mm -hmm. on when the publishers release the uh, galleys. And everyone has, there's a deadline every month to vote. So when people are reading, for example, our next deadline is going to be October 1st. It's always the first of the month preceding the book's pub date. So Mm -hmm. on October 1st, we will collect all the votes that have come in for anything being published in November and beyond. Mm-hmm. And some people do vote like well ahead. We have folks who are already putting in votes for February titles. If, you know, if they got some at conference a few months ago, or if they've got that digital download already, they're already voting for it. And that's great. We will get that. It, it stays in the queue properly, um, but it is, it is all pre-pub.
0: Yeah. And I want to mention then also in terms of what types of books. So you all highlight adult fiction, and nonfiction, but for example, you don't do children's books, right?
1: Correct. Correct. It's all adults. Um, when we first started, the original board thought about doing children's, and then really kind of decided. You know, first of all, we don't have the bandwidth <laughs> to do all books. Um, and everybody who was joined, who had joined in at that time, were all adult services librarians, and so they felt you can find an awful lot of children's lists out there, whether it's from ALA or YALSA or, you know, book list and library journal all have all kinds of children's content. And they really felt like adult books was the list that was missing. Most people, when they come into the library, if they're just sort of like, okay, I want to browse at a list, they immediately ask for the New York times bestseller list mm. and it never fails. Half those books are already checked out. Mm. Um, and that that seemed to be like the only publicity source for adults as opposed to children's, where you can go online and find all kinds of lists specified by type of book, et cetera. Mm-hmm. and we really wanted to focus on adults we We bring it up every couple of years, we see if we want to expand, mm-hmm. and we I think at this point we're just not large enough to make that happen, but mm-hmm. never say never.
0: yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, and then I, you mentioned about the publicity of it. So it goes on your website. Uh, mm-hmm. You send it out to different publications like Publishers Weekly. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get the scope of how much publicity being on this uh, librarys list gets a book.
1: Yes. So we have um, approximately 9000 people on our email list. And it is the only email that we send out. We it's so it's kind of nice because we have a fifty-two percent open rate, which is amazing, and we love that. But it's because people really signed up because they wanted to get this information. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't send a weekly email. It's just that once a month, here's our list. So we, that goes out to nine thousand folks, and then um, we do Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We have not branched out into any of the Twitter replacements yet, although we went and reserved our name for it just in case those start to become big. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's nice about it is when you get the email, it's the full list. And then it links back to our website to get even more information. When we do the social media posts, every book gets its own individual post. So they it's kind of kind of I, I think it's kind of special because I mean, yes, it would be great to be like, hey, look, I'm on this list. But instead that author gets to be like, look, here's my specific, like mm. it's it's kind of, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it's it's unique to them, right? Like yeah. we tag them, we tag their imprint, we tag the publisher um, and it helps them get a little bit more. They can easily share that. And, and when we do it for the top 10 books, we include the annotation. That's another thing I should mention that makes our list a little more elevated and a little more special than just like a bestseller list every book is accompanied by an annotation that was written by a library worker who promoted it so or who voted for it basically so this is a, a regular reader talking about why they liked the book they usually include some kind of line about who else would like the book or why this book is appealing and we find our users really love that because you know the big thing when people come into a library they don't know what they're looking for they will always stop at the desk and just say hey, what's popular right now? Mm -hmm. What's, you know, what are you guys reading? Or everybody loves to read the return cart, right? We all want to know what our neighbors are reading. Mm -hmm. And so to give it that sort of personal touch that, you know, Casey Davis from this XYZ library recommended this, people are like, oh, wow, that's an actual librarian saying I should read this book. And it just kind of gives it a little bit of specialness.
0: Well, you uh, really helped drive home the point that I need to be wining and dining everyone who works at libraries. Just yes, everywhere yes. I go, <laughs> here's cookies. And oh, right. i just throwing it out there. I am an author, whatever. Um, great. Um, By the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So I wanted to ask then this, from everything you're describing, this list is for consumers. Um, but uh, so that's what the, the kind of big, things that you want to make sure that readers out there know about these books. But uh, I want to ask then uh, who else reads it? Like let's say like bookstores or like who's looking for this list. Um, and again, I'm trying to, the, the publishers trying to help them understand like if they get on this list, how far the reach is and who could possibly pick up their book.
1: Yes. Yes. So it is, it is aimed mainly at library staff and general readers. We, um, this year for our 10th anniversary, we are crafting some press releases that we would love to send out. I would absolutely love to get coverage from, you know, Real Simple and Good Housekeeping and Women's Day, the the places that talk about books to women, right? And I would love to get coverage from the New York Times book section, Washington Post, maybe USA Today. So we're hoping that's sort of our strategic plan is to get even more out to readers themselves. Mm. Um, another thing that we do, so we appear regularly in library publications such as book list and library journal. And as you mentioned, PW, I think shelf awareness also still promotes us every month and Booklist in particular has this wonderful new patron-facing product called Booklist Reader, which is a freebie magazine that libraries carry. And they have started putting our list in every month at the center, which is great because people, you know, they're flipping through and they see our list. It's wonderful. We depend a lot on our library users to print out our poster. The list comes out in this nice little compact Eight and a half by 11 PDF prints out in color. It's beautiful. We have a lot of libraries that tell us they immediately print it out. They put it in one of their plastic holders right there at the circulation desk, right there at the reference desk. That's where people are seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we get as much traction in bookstores. Although when we first started, uh, we were under the umbrella of the American Booksellers Association mm-hmm. and we modeled ourselves off of their Indie Next list. So Mm -hmm. the way that the list kind of looks and feels and the way that it runs business-wise is very much based off of that. So I do know there are bookstores who are well aware of us in the same way that library folks are well aware of the Indie Next list.
0: Okay, great. And we've talked uh, about who are the people voting. So I just want to reiterate that it's not just librarians, it's library staff. What was the thinking behind why did you want everyone to have a vote?
1: So we decided we didn't want to be elitist, first of all. Not everybody that works in the library has the title of librarian. And we find, especially amongst staff members who do reader's advisory, most of them are not degreed librarians. They may, that might be their job title, but they don't have that master's degree. And we don't care. We, it's, if you work in a library and you talk about books, we want you to be voting for these books. We want you to be hyping up our list. Um, in a lot of libraries, I, you know, you and I have talked previously, I've spent a dozen years working in public libraries in different roles. And in almost every one of them, the people who work at the circulation desk are talking to patrons about books just as much as the reference librarians are. Mm. Sometimes even more, because they're the ones actually, you know, they'll mm. chat while they're checking out those books. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to make sure that Anybody at any level, we we love when children's librarians, if they're reading adult books, we want them voting for it. Um, so, right, anybody that works at the library, especially if you are dealing with talking to readers about books, you're welcome to be part of our gang.
0: Okay, very cool. Uh, so the big question of the day that everyone's waiting for, I like to build tension to the big question, is how can independent publishers get their books showcased uh, by library reads?
1: Wow, indeed. So the biggest thing to know is you have to be able to share your titles several months ahead pre-pub. And they have to be listed in uh, NetGalley or Edelweiss. It can be either one. It can be both. We find um, we have users that use both. When we get duplicate votes, it's fine. We figure that out and we just toss one out, no big deal. But it's got to be on one of those services. We don't have, I think I might be, I think I'm correct when I say to vote for a book for the Indie Next list, if you work in a bookstore, you can email them with your ABA bookseller number and do your votes that way. We don't have a mechanism to do that right now. The only way we get our accounts are from those two services. So you have to have your book available on one or both of those two platforms.
0: Can I mention um, something real quick? Yes. IBPA mm-hmm. has discounts for both Edelweiss and Neck Alley. So Perfect. anyone, yes, so anyone listening, uh, if you're a member of IBPA, uh, both of those are robust programs for us. And um, I know, especially Edelweiss, is is excellent. Um, but it's a little bit more on the pricey side. But we get a discount, and then Neck Alley, we have a whole program. Um and both are great. So and they do other things other than th- this is one thing they do. But there right. are so many other things that y- you should hopefully be on both in general. I just want to point that out. Yes,
1: no, that's that is perfect. Um, and if you had asked me this question, like, how do you promote those books? If if you had done this pre-pandemic, I would have gone on and on about sending physical copies to people. Mm-hmm. And we know that's not such a thing anymore. That really declined a lot during the pandemic. And we're we're really seeing it that the bulk of our users are downloading those. Everybody still likes to get print. I am absolutely a print person. Mm-hmm. I do all my voting online, but I really like having that paper book in front of me. It's a thing. I think a lot of people are like that. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, it used to be, okay, if you have a presence at... ALA Annual or at PLA or at ARSL or TLA, any of the big conferences, and you're handing out paper copies, slap a Library Reads sticker on there. Our website has all of our logos that anybody is welcome to download and use for publicity purposes. Um, Tuck a little note in there, put a post-it note on it, remind people to vote. That's great. Now that we've definitely moved into more of the digital world and it's harder to transport and pay for all of those print galleys, (laughs) Um, when it comes to print, I always recommend create, if you're in NetGalley and Edelweiss, um, they have options for you to, to upload your catalogs, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can create like a four libraries tab on your Edelweiss homepage. That's one thing you can do. And you can create little catalogs of stuff that you're promoting by date, Um Get people to sign up for your email newsletter, have an email newsletter. If you can have one that's specifically aimed at library folks, that's even better. Um, Almost every reader's advisory type librarian I know is subscribed to like everything that all the publishers put up because they don't have time to be flipping through paper catalogs anymore. They're not waiting for those books, the the boxes of galleys to show up. They're much happier to look at their email that says, oh, okay, this publisher is pushing these two books that are coming out in December. I I have that on my radar now because I see the big cover in the email. It's even better if they send me a link that I can go directly to NetGalley's widget to download that book right away. That is a really, really good way to do it. Um, And your digital marketing. All of our top users are very active on social media. Particularly, we find Twitter, number one, Instagram, close behind, and then Facebook, kind of a distant third. But talk about those books that you're promoting. Tell them, you know, lead them back to your website. Lead them back to a NetGalley widget or an Edelweiss link to vote for that. Tell them to vote for library reads. We absolutely love when you put our name out there for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Great. Well, so this is a really great resource for independent publishers. Um, like you said, uh, you know, it's very easy for some of the bigger publishers, especially with big name authors to get the word mm-hmm. out about their work. So it's really nice to have things like this that they can turn to. Um, and again, you should have your books on things like Neckel and Edelweiss months before they're going to yes. publish um, for this very reason. Um, one, you're just building buzz. For example, you know, NetGalley uh, gets reviews for books. Um, So yeah. for that reason, but also for this reason, um, there's a lot of places like you all that it's before a book comes out that you're going to be needing to get, be, keep track of this type of stuff. Because once a book comes out, in some ways you kind of miss out on a lot of opportunities. So Mm -hmm. um okay, so I wanted to switch to your experience as a um someone who worked in the library system um and just get some tips. So we have a lot of publishers that tell us um independent publishers, author publishers, they they really want to get their books into libraries and it can be difficult. Um, So I wanted to see when you worked in the library system, where did you specifically go to discover new books? What were your sources?
1: The, the biggest things that I looked at were, I'll, I'll try and rank them, I guess, in order. Because mm-hmm. um, I think most collection development folks rely on this. Everybody might have a different favor, favor, favorite thing that they look at first. But for me, it was always looking at my copies of book lists, and pw and library journal going right to those reviews and and taking notes on okay haven't heard of this author before let's find about this let's oh this looks like something oh that would be great for my book club you know there's sort of this interesting art to looking at book reviews and knowing what's going to fit in your collection mm-hmm. so definitely trying to get your books into those review journals is really the way to go The other thing is most libraries, I I, I won't make a huge generalization, but quite a few of them do end up using both Ingram and Baker & Taylor. Mm -hmm. There are some who who pick one and it's just what they do and it's their favorite. But most libraries have the main one and then the other one is sort of a backup. So if Ingram doesn't have something, they have an account at Baker & Taylor they can use. Um, I would rely a lot on both the print and email and digital materials that the wholesalers put out alerting me to new books. Um, Or if I was looking for, you know, I wanted to buy a specific subset of fiction or if I was looking for a specific nonfiction Dewey section, they, you know, they have their lists of here are the upcoming books in science. And here are the last 12 months worth of new southeast asia fiction right like they they kind of create those lists internally and that's what a lot of people rely on for that when it comes to some of the smaller publishers that maybe don't have the the footprint to do that or you know the the presence um like i said if you can create an in-house library focused newsletter and you know start getting that out put it up on your website to subscribe to, reach out to the different associations. ALA, I know, uh, rents out their mailing lists, um, all that just to just to get people to get on their on people's radar. And then mm-hmm. I, I do think that people pay attention to that a lot. It used to be a lot harder, I think, for some of the indie or smaller publishers to get into libraries because mm-hmm. you know budgets are what they are. And everybody kind of feels like, well, I'm only going to be purchasing the stuff that my patrons are specifically asking me for. Yeah. But everybody does like to kind of keep their 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 eyes ahead for you know what's what's going to be buzzy. What what is something that maybe my patrons haven't heard of, but boy, I know specifically the patrons who would read that or my book club. This would be excellent for them. So um, it's it's all about the multiple ways you can get yourself out there. I don't think there's too many ways. So sending out newsletters, putting ads in the major journals, sending your books for review by the major journals, you there's you can't do enough of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I want to... So uh, IBPA also has uh, some great library resources. So we've got... You were talking about garnering a list. So uh, we have a booth at the ala conference which is Fabulous. the american library yeah it's great um the american library association conference and uh you then everyone who visits the booth uh if you had your book in our booth then you'll get a list of all those librarians who visited which this last year was 2200 librarians so that's yeah you know and you were saying you can add them then to your uh list again you know be be don't over don't overwhelm them but you know like you're give them, you know, just let them know what's coming out. Um yes. so That's one way to grow your list. We also have the um, IBPA um, library market e-blast, same kind of thing. So um those are some resources. Uh, you mentioned trade reviews. So our librarians, how much, when, if something did not have a trade review, would you just not accept it or, or like how important are trade reviews uh, to getting into a library?
1: So I would say they used to be a lot more important and For some books right now with the whole political climate with book banning and, you know, all of that's getting a little weird, they're becoming more important again. Mm -hmm. It used to be 10, 15 years ago, you know, libraries have what they call a collection development policy or collection development plan, which is rules for them to follow to buy books. And I have worked in several libraries that would have actual wording in the plan that says... Anything we purchase has to have at least one positive review
0: mm-hmm.
1: from one of our typical trusted
0: journals. source, yeah.
1: Okay. Yes, trusted source, basically. Yeah. And then as time went on, people were kind of like, well, but if I have a patron in front of me asking me to buy this specific author mm-hmm. and it never got reviewed by Booklist, I, I don't want to let that stop me from buying it. So they will mm-hmm. often just sort of move on past that. Um, but that that is a thing, and I do know now, this might be a little bit more for children's books than for adults, but some of these, like Texas and Florida, are definitely trying to bring that back, that you can't have something in your collection unless it's been professionally reviewed mm. so that we know it's, it's okay. And what that is, it's a little bit of a hindrance, but it's also kind of a help because that way, when someone comes into your library and says, why do you have this on the shelf? You can say because our peers, our other library folks have reviewed this very highly and it's mm-hmm. been recommended for a library of our type. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of a, a tricky thing. Um, and also, I think also sometimes just for discovery, that is a, a way that people will find stuff mm. because it's been reviewed. But it's, it's not a necessity, but it's a big boost.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. Um, I, so IBPA does have, um, resources for those. You know, you can get like a free publisher's weekly review, a free forward reviews review. Um, those can be difficult to come by. Like you were saying, you you know, you have a lot of submissions, so they do too. So there are paid versions and IBPA gets uh, discounts for our members for those. Um, so you hit on this and I just wanted to see if you had any uh, ideas or feedback about it. So. Author publishers and any publishers that I talk to, you know, say that it can be very difficult to get in the libraries versus, say, like the big five publishers books. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, uh, you said maybe that's getting better. But uh, any any thoughts about, you know, like I, I think part of the problem is, you know, you all are basing it on what people want. Like, you know, people have heard of whatever, like you said, the New York Times bestseller list. They've heard of those books. So they're going to come in looking for them. So right. as a librarian, I understand you're like, well, if no one's heard of it then you it might be an excellent book but maybe no one will check it out. So can you talk about that concept of like catering to what people want but then, you know, hopefully is there room for indie publishers and author publishers? How, how does that how do you balance that?
1: Yeah, I think sometimes it's it's a funny kind of thing that you cater to what people want, but how do they know what they want? Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Like, like it's, it's sort of, I, to use a weird analogy, I always think about like the fact that this is going to sound really weird and you could cut this out if you want to, Uh but like the fact that everybody bemoans the fact that every car on the road is now a giant SUV. Uh And it was kind of like, well, did people want that or is that what people were given? Like, I was just reading an article the other day that because of the pandemic and because of chip shortages and stuff, you can't find a car on the market under twenty thousand dollars anymore. Like people are sort of being forced into this. So to put that in book terms, are people coming to the desk asking the library to buy this or looking to check it out because that's all they're seeing in front of their faces? Like are we? Are they only being given? What's being promoted the most? Does that make any sense at all? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is why, you know, the whole book talk phenomenon has really sort of taken libraries by surprise, mm. um, definitely taken us by surprise. We're, I'm definitely feeling too old to try and get on book talk. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when I'm looking at, if I'm just, you know, scrolling through Instagram or whatever and looking at videos, I'm finding a lot of these people talking about books and nine times out of 10, they're talking about indie stuff. Like indie horror, for example, is huge online. Indie science fiction and fantasy, like indie genre stuff. It's it's real readers who are finding this stuff and they're, they're going online to use their platform. So I think that we see a lot of that coming to the library then. There are lots of people who are like, oh my gosh, we didn't buy Colleen Hoover until she exploded online because we hadn't really heard of her before. She hadn't Mm -hmm. really been promoted as a library thing. And now I've got patrons coming in twice a day asking me for her books because they saw somebody talking about it online. Mm -hmm. So it really kind of becomes this, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg? The Mm -hmm. Are we all driving big SUVs because that's all they're giving us, or did we demand that? Are we reading Colleen Hoover because we're seeing it so much, or is it are they producing so much because people are demanding it? I don't know the answer to that. Well, that what was I really like weird. to
0: do <laughs> No, I love it. It's great. What I like to do is uh, manipulate people's minds. they'll come to you and say, "I would like this," and I'll be like, "I know you say you want this." <laughs> Here's what you really want.
1: Here's what you really want. <laughs> well, um, see, and that's, that's a tricky thing that we do in libraries. Um, people who are trained specifically to do reader's advisory, talking about mostly fiction, is we have to be very careful when someone comes up and says, I want a good book, or, you know, I'm looking for a new romance. Mm-hmm. We have to be very careful to not only give them things that we are personally reading because Mm -hmm. it might not be at all what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the art of readers advisory is pulling it out of them. Well, what what does a good book mean to you? Can you tell me what are three books that you read recently that you really liked? Is there something you would like more of? Mm -hmm. Because we have a lot of people who just sort of default to, oh, okay, I've been reading this book lately. I think it's good. Here, try it. And they could be like, oh, that's not at all what I wanted. So it really is this kind of figuring out what people want and then steering them in that direction.
0: Yeah. And I wonder just thinking about that, how much AI is going to play a role in helping with discovery for, you know, librarians and people coming in, they'll say, I like uh, werewolves that live in bogs and they have uh, one toenail. That's always broken. That's what I want. I want a book about that. I want that
1: specific plot. (laughs)
0: <laughs> they will type, type it in and uh, they'll be like, there's a book like that. And yes, you can get it.
1: There you go. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> um, OK, so I want to uh, round things out with making sure that, um, you know, you mentioned that libraries is a nonprofit. Is, how can like our audience, independent publishers, how, how can they support you all?
1: Honestly, by spreading the word about us, Mm -hmm. Um, any book that you have, if you're doing a social media promotion for it, if it's pre pub, please put in your post, hey, library folks, vote for this for library reads and link back to our website. We have all the instructions on there um, for anybody who's not already using it. It's very easy to get yourself set up to vote. I also have, we've got a page on the website for publishers giving all kinds of tips on, you know, how to promote your books, how to use NetGalley and Adelweiss to the best advantage to promote those votes, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, we really encourage people, please slap our logo all over your books, talk about us. That That is a great way to help support us.
0: Good. Yeah. And the, your website's libraryreads.org. Correct. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, and then if people go to your website... Uh, you know, like it again. The publishers, there's nothing they do through you all. It's really having their book available on things like um, Edelweiss and NetGalley. Um, so they don't need to necessarily go to your website to be like, here, I'm submitting my book to you or something. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yep. We don't send out any books. We don't do any promotion of books outside of the ones that make it on the list. Um, it's all it's all independent management of the marketing mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. well this is very informative um thank you for dedicating your life to getting the word out there about books um we really I have a great
1: consider- job i get to talk about books that f- and get paid for it it's a beautiful thing i'm so lucky
0: <laughs> you did it you, you you're living the dream
1: <laughs> i am i really am i really am thank you. and i would like to tell folks if if at any time you've got questions and they're not answered by what's on our website please feel free to reach out and email me I check my email constantly I'm happy to answer questions it's my email is just rebecca at libraryreads.org so feel free of anything I can help with I'm always happy to
0: you're gonna get all kinds of people hey what's a what's a good romance book you opened it up all right um, I'll just send things. them
1: right back to our list yes
0: you'll be like and here's <laughs> our list
1: yes yeah. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Thank you, Rebecca. So uh, I want to make sure everyone knows also uh, to if you want to learn more about IBPA and become a member, uh, we have a lot of amazing benefits. Uh, visit ibpa-online.org. And also make sure to subscribe to this podcast. A uh, new episode uh, drops every last Thursday of every month. And it's uh, we have a YouTube version. And we also have just wherever you download your podcast. So uh, again, thank you, Rebecca. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful day.
1: Thanks for having me.